Welcome to the second public lecture of our science and cooking class. I'm Dave Waits. Um, and before I begin, we have to acknowledge our sponsors. Uh, this week, the Oya Restaurant. Um, and as always, uh, Think Food Group, uh, Jose Andres, who will come and actually give one of the lectures. Whole Foods on River Street, who supplies all of our laboratory supplies, which we also eat. Uh, the Alicia Foundation, and there's, is there Tolly, who also supports the travel of uh, some of the chefs from uh, Barcelona. Okay, so today the topic is energy, temperature, and heat. That's the topic for the following week in the class, and what we're going to do um, in all of these public lectures going forward is have a few minutes of a sort of summary of some of the science that's somewhat related to the chef of the night, which are the Roca brothers, and um, something somewhat related to the class. Uh, let me ask at the outset, how many people actually came to uh, last week's lecture, which was on Tuesday? Okay, so a fair number. I'm going to, uh, as by way of introduction, I'm going to uh, talk about some of the science behind some of the demonstrations that we uh, saw Dave Arnold do. And I will show you some of them and explain something about them. And this will also help uh, introduce some of the things that we'll hear tonight, some of the science that we'll hear tonight. Uh, so tonight, uh, or this week in class, we'll be discussing these things and we'll be, uh, the, in class, we'll be making ricotta cheese. Uh, but uh, to, tonight, by way of introduction, I want to tell you something about how heat is transferred. And I want to do this by reminding you of this experiment that we saw um, Last, uh, uh, last week, and Daniel is going to help me uh, do these experiments again. And before we do this, I want to uh, remind you of a few things. Remember uh, that Dave uh, put some, uh, took some ice and he put some water and alcohol on the ice, like this, and measured the temperature. And we're going to do this and watch what happens. But one thing that does happen, of course, is the ice melts and it adds water to the drink. And if you add water to the drink, you dilute the alcohol. And those of you who are real purists might say, well, why do you have to dilute the alcohol? So you can, in fact, buy whiskey rocks. You might think you have whiskey on rocks. You can actually buy whiskey rocks. And what they are are just stones that you cool down and you, whoops, you put them in your drink and you have scotch on the rocks and you don't get any melting because the stones don't melt. But the question is, how well do they work? And why do they work the way they do? So let's actually do a little experiment. And so Daniel will help me by doing it. And what we have here we're going to redo the experiment that Dave Arnold did uh, last week. Remember what he did was he took ice, where's our ice? Ice, which is 
been equilibrated at zero degrees centigrade. And just for comparison, we have some rocks from outside, also equilibrated at zero degrees centigrade. And what we'll do is we'll put them in a, uh, a beaker and we'll measure the temperature when we add room temperature fluid. Now, to the, um, to the uh, ice, we'll add a mixture of ethanol and water. To the rocks, we'll just add water. The, it won't be that much difference in this case, and it was just something that I did the calculation. We'll see how correct I was. I did the calculation uh, before we came. So we're starting here. Which is which now, Daniel? So this is, you can see the temperature, it's the room temperature, and Daniel has added some rocks at zero degrees centigrade. And of course it's cooling it down, as it should for your drink. Ooh. How about that number, huh? 17? 17, ooh, let's see if we can calculate that. What about if we take, what are we doing? So this is ice, which is at zero degrees, and Daniel is going to add water and ethanol, 50-50 mixture. This was at room temperature. The water and ethanol were room temperature. You see a bit of a spike, but look what happens. The water and the ethanol were at room temperature. Stir. You like it stirred or shaken, Daniel. <laughs> Look what's happening. Which is more efficient at cooling the drink? This is going negative. And can we come back to this, Daniel, in a few minutes? I'll just change. Can we change the slides to my to my slides. Okay, so what's happening? The ice and the rocks, clearly the ice is cooling much more effectively than the rocks. And so how do we understand it? Well, we have our equation of the week. <laughs> Who hasn't been to one of these lectures before? Okay, well, I should warn you, from now on, whenever you see an equation, you have to clap. <laughs> you didn't know that. Don't you always clap for equations? So this is the equation that tells you how much heat is required to change a mass and something, a change a certain amount of temperature. This is the heat, this is the change in temperature, this is the mass, and this is the specific heat. The specific heat is how much heat is required to change the mass of some object, be it the ice or the water or the ethanol or the rocks, how much is required to change the, um, the mass of something by one degree uh, Kelvin or one degree centigrade. And so we can calculate the uh, behavior of the, the rocks because what's happening is that the cold rocks are transferring heat to the uh, warm water. 
the rocks are warming up and the water is cooling down. And the same amount of heat is transferred from the uh, rocks to the, or the, from the water to the rocks. The heat from the water warms up the rocks and cools down the water. So to calculate this, I just have to set these two equal, and then I just have to look up. I know the mass of the rocks. Daniel told me he was using 455 grams of rock, and we used 300 grams of uh, water, and then I look up the specific heat. I calculated it for granite, and I set these two temperatures. They both start, the rocks start at zero, the water started at 22, and I just equate these. So I can go through this. I won't go through the details, but I worked it out. And when I did it, use the numbers here, I got 17 degrees centigrade. Daniel, what did we get? Can we look at the, can we look at the screen again? 16.8, that's pretty close to 17. Well, as I can calculate. You should cheer for, the, for me. I'm not the mathematician. Michael's the mathematician. You know. I'm always amazed when I get the right answer. Okay, so why, why is it clearly, clearly, can we have the screen back again just for a second, please? Daniel's screen. Yeah, clearly, look, the temperature here is minus four degrees. It's clearly much more efficient, much more efficient. Can I have my screen back? Why is that? And the reason is that the ice undergoes a phase change. It melts. It changes from ice to water, and it takes an enormous amount of heat. That's called the latent heat. There's an enormous amount of heat that's required to cause the ice to undergo a phase change. So yes, you can cool things very well with rocks, but not nearly as well as you can with ice, because ice undergoes a phase change. It goes from a solid to a liquid. It takes extra heat. It takes the heat out of the system. In fact, it takes the heat out of the system so effectively that because you take water and alcohol and the um, freezing point, the freezing temperature of water and alcohol is below that of water, it actually cools the ice itself. It brings the whole system down below the starting temperature because you have the system undergoing a phase change, because it's going from a solid to a liquid. So phase changes, the latent heat of phase changes are extremely effective in uh, heating or cooling, in this case in cooling, and that's why you can put your rocks in the uh, whiskey, so you can have whiskey on the rocks, but really that won't be nearly as effective in cooling things. Um, when you cook, you have a different instance where uh, the same thing can happen, and that is What's worse, if you put boiling water on your hand or steam on your hand, it turns out putting steam on your hand is much worse because it takes, you give off a lot of heat, it causes a tremendous amount of uh, burning when you condense the steam into water. So again, you know from cooking that you should avoid putting your hand in steaming water. 
Now the same thing, the same transfer of heat to food is something that we'll hear about, I think, today. Yes, we will. Um, and this is the sous vide cooking. Sous vide cooking is putting food into a bath at an absolutely precise temperature. And again, we saw that last week. Dave Arnold did some of this. But if you want to calculate the amount of heat that it takes to warm the food to precisely the temperature that you reach with the water bath, you use this same equation that we talked about. And I don't know whether we'll do this uh, uh, th uh, this year, but certainly um, in the past we've talked a lot about not only changing temperature, but also um, what happens if you change the pressure. So here is the behavior of water. It, at zero degrees, there's a transition, a phase transition between a solid and a liquid. At 100 degrees C, there's a transition between a liquid and a gas. But if you change the pressure, so you go, for example, to a somewhat higher um, um, elevation, the pressure goes down, then it turns out that the boiling pressure, the boiling temperature actually decreases. And this is the principle of what's called a rotovap, which is a way of um, cooking and extracting flavor by, uh, by, by lowering the pressure, thereby lowering the temperature at which things can boil. Okay, with that, uh, with that introduction, uh, let me now turn uh, it over to uh, Joanne and Jordi Roca. Gentlemen. Good evening. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here again. So let's start. Avui intentarem explicar diverses coses, però la part inicial voldria explicar-los com ho fem, què servim quan la gent arriba al restaurant. So today we want to explain several things, but one of them, and we want to start with that, it's what we serve when people come to a restaurant. Posem la primera part del... See the first slide? Okay. Aquestes imatges són del restaurant, són del que passa durant un dia en el restaurant. Aquestes imatges són del restaurant, el que passa durant el curs del dia en el restaurant. Serviran per il·lustrar una miqueta la casa, per mostrar una miqueta la casa. I poden mostrar una mica la casa. Som la tercera generació d'una família dedicada a l'hostaleria. We are the third generation of a family dedicated to uh, restaurateurs. Som tres germans. Jordi s'ocupa de la pastisseria, Josep dels vins i de la sala i jo de la cuina. So we are three brothers. Uh, Jordi is in charge of the pastry, El, uh, I'm in charge of the kitchen and my brother, our brother Josep is in charge of the dining room and the wines. Fem essencialment cuina catalana. 
cuina del, inspirada en el, en el nostre territori, en les nostres tradicions. We, we usually do Catalan cuisine, a cuisine that it's based and inspired in our territory, in our traditions. És una cuina que està pensada a partir dels productes que tenim de proximitat. It's a cuisine that it's based and thought with having in mind all the products that we have in, you know, close by. Però és una cuina que està compromesa amb la creativitat. But it's a cuisine as well that's compromised with creativity. I amb el diàleg amb la ciència per poder evolucionar i per poder avançar and with dialogue with science to be able to evolve, to advance. La idea és poder tenir a l'abast tantes tècniques com sigui possibles. That the idea is to have at our disposal as many techniques as it is possible. Utilitzem tècniques modernes, però també utilitzem tècniques tradicionals com les brases de llenya alzina. We use modern techniques, but we use as well traditional techniques like using embers to cook. I utilitzem recursos com les olors, els vapors, els fums per abocar records, per jugar una miqueta amb la memòria del client. And we use things like smells, sense of smell, others, perfumes, steams, to play a little bit with a sense of memory and the way that our minds work. Com dèiem, la primera part de la demostració d'avui estarà enfocada en explicar quines són les tapes que servim quan el client arriba al restaurant. The first part, as I said, you know, it's going to be about the tapas that we serve when our guests arrive to the restaurant. Cadascuna de les seqüències significa alguna cosa. Each one of the sequences that you'll see here means something. La primera seqüència intenta explicar que el món ens inspira, que els viatges que fem darrerament, sobretot en Jordi i jo, ens inspiren per poder transmetre aquestes influències que rebem en els nostres clients. The first one is to tell you and to show you how the world inspires us, all the trips and travels around the world, especially Jordi and myself, that we have done recently, have inspired us to receive guests in a restaurant. La nostra cuina, com dèiem, és molt local. La nostra manera de cuinar i de pensar és local, però també amb aquesta primera etapa volem ser universals. That our cuisine is very local and it's based in local products, but in the first sequence, in the first stage, we want to branch out to the universe. Okay. És una etapa que engloba cinc petits cinc petites peces, cinc petites tapes que es mengen amb els dits. La primera part és com cinc petites peces, cinc petites tapes que tu eats amb les fingers. I que en aquest cas el que veureu són tapes que ens transportaran fins a Mèxic, fins a Perú, a Corea, 
al Líban y al Marroc. These uh, five uh, tapas are things that will transport you to five different places around the world. The first one is uh, Mexico, then we'll have Peru, then we'll have Lebanon, Morocco, and Korea. Okay. Podemos poner el We can start. Video? Okay. Uh, això és un, un puré d'albocat. That's an avocado puree. Que el banyem amb aigua de tomata. And uh, it's uh, bathed in tomato water. I que hi clavem uns brots de cilantro brots, and, and brots are, tendres de cilantro. And those are very tender cilantro sprouts. Uh, després tenim un, un le, una leche de tigre que és un és un suc del ceviche, no? La, after that we have a leche de tigre which is a, a juice from ceviche. Yeah. Congelat i passat per mantega de cacao. Frozen and then we dip it in cocoa uh, butter. Això és un mollo que hem fet uns cigrons i that, hem posat un puré de cigrons a dins. That's a mold with a chickpea puree. Yeah, es como un hummus, ¿no? Un hummus. La like camus. Hummus. Bañado. Hummus. Hummus. Es hummus. Ya. Hay una manteca de sésamo. Sésamo seed uh, butter. Cumín y julivert. Cumín and uh, parsley. Sería el, el Líban. Like Lebanon, that represents Lebanon. Eso es pasta de soja fermentada. Fermented soy uh, paste congelada amb nitrogen perquè estigui molt fred. Frozen with nitrogen so it's very very cold. I després passat per una pasta de fregit de, de brunyols perquè fongi i quedi quedi líquid eh uh, and that interior. and then deep in dough uh, bread. So to give them a shape. Un pasta de de puré de wasabi i gingebre. So we have uh, wasabi puree and ginger as well added to it. Okay, get this calent. So this one is hot. Yeah, i el següent és és el és marroc, que és una és un nugat de ametlles i és un caramel de d'ametlles. The next one represents Morocco and it's an almond nougat. Yeah. Amb calor manté aquesta forma eh per per poder incloure en l'interior tota una sèrie d'elements. We apply heat so it can uh, hold the series of ingredients. Yeah. Ametlla, uh, puré de dàtils, amon uh, date puree, uh, aigua de roses, rose water, uh, ras al hanut, ras al habut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> menta. Sí. Men, menta fresca. Um, fresh mint. Aigua de flor de de taronger amb safrà. El uh, orange tree orange uh, blossom uh, water with saffron. Yogurt de cabra. El goat uh, yogurt. Uh, pètals de rosa caramelitzats. Caramelized uh, rose petals. Ja. Yeah i ho servim a uh, embolicant-ho amb un amb un fanal que representa la bola del món. And uh, we serve it wrapping it with the lantern that represents the wall. 
És un joc lúdic perquè els clients puguin adivinar d'on són els llocs. It's a pleasure play so for guests to get for our guests to guess on the flavors. Aquests són els nostres pares que no han viatjat mai a cap d'aquests llocs. And those are our parents who have never traveled to any of these places. També és una manera de viatjar. Which is another way to travel by eating. Aquesta és la primera part de l'arribada, el primer que servim als clients quan arriben al restaurant. That's the first part, that's the first, how we greet customers when they arrive to our restaurant. És una manera, com dèiem, de fer un petit viatge pel món. That's a way to travel around the world. I després anem al Mediterrani. And next, the next stage is going to stop in the Mediterrani. Posem el següent vídeo. Next video, please. Mediterrània, poses tu, els poses tu. El següent representa que arribem al Mediterrània, que donem la benvinguda als nostres clients al Mediterrània i el que fem és utilitzar un símbol poètic. Then the next thing is that we arrive to the Mediterranean and we welcome our guests to the Mediterranean by using a symbolic, a poetic symbol. Que és servir un bonsai, un bonsai d'olivera carregat d'olives caramelitzades a les seves branques. Which is to serve in a bonsai, in a bonsai made with an olive tree, little olives, caramelized olives hanging from the branches. El que estem fent ara és fer un caramel d'olives. What we're making here is caramel with olives. Hem fos sucre amb aigua. So sugar and water melted. I hem afegit pols d'oliva verda deshidratada. So and then we added powder of green olive which has been dehydrated. Un cop i una mica de vinagre de Jerez reduït. And a little bit of reduced sherry vinegar. Fem aquests caramels base per tenir-lo nosaltres com a recurs per poder-ho anar estirant a poc a poc. And little by little, you know, so we have it handy to stretch them. Perquè és molt important que ho puguem estirar molt fi, molt fi. So it's very important to stretch it very fine. Hem agafat les olives i les hem farcit d'anxoves. We took some olives and we stuffed them with anchovies. És un aperitiu molt típic a Espanya i... It's an aperitif, an appetizer, which is very typical of Spain. I el que fem, doncs, és agafar cada oliva i embolicar-la amb una capa molt fina d'aquest caramel d'oliva deshidratada. So what we do is we take each olive and we wrap with a very fine skin of that caramel with dehydrated olives. Pengem les olives de les branques de l'olivera. 
So we hang the olives from the branches of the olive tree. I i els servim. És és la manera de dir benvinguts al Mediterrani. Hem fet la volta al món i i venim al Mediterrani. So it's our way to say welcome to the Mediterranean and uh, you know, first the world and now the Mediterranean. Okay, el següent pas és convidar els nostres clients a anar al bar dels nostres pares, al bar antic d'on venim nosaltres, a fer un aperitiu típic que fan ells, no? So the next uh, stage is to bring our guests to the restaurant where uh, our parents still cook uh, to have a traditional appetizer that they still cook themselves or parents. L'aperitiu és el són els calamars a la romana. The, the appetizer in case it's fried calamari or roman style calamari as we call it in Catalan. Yeah. Uh, un, un bitter amb, amb un, un campari amb taronja. And then at the same time we serve a campari with orange. Okay. El que fem nosaltres és interpretar els calamars de la romana, fem una fem la nostra versió. So no? what we do is to interpret uh, fried calamari and that's our own uh, version però la al fons la, la intenció està en emanar eh, simbòlicament a casa dels nostres orígens a menjar els calamars de romana aquell son. But the idea and the symbolism here is to bring everybody to eat that where we come from, from our parents restaurant. El que fem és tallar el calamar a trossos grossos. So we cut the, cal- the squid in big pieces i després ultra congelar l'am nitrogen. And we will freeze it with nitrogen. Per la raó de que d'aquesta manera podem triturar a la Thermomix amb un amb un robo un robocup, un triturador, podem triturar aquest calamar procurant que quedin trossos sencers i que no quedi una pasta. So in that way we can puree it in a way that we'll find big chunks instead of a paste. És una manera de, de picar molt ràpid, no? and then you know we cut very very quickly es com un tartar de calamar no it's almost like a, a squid tartar yeah uh, motllo per, per fer petits cilindres so we use this mold to make little cylinders i uh, un cop tenim els, les petites peces u Uh, ho cremem amb el, amb el suplet per donar una miqueta de, de, de sabor. És un suassat, és una tècnica oriental. No? So that uh, once we have the little pieces, what we do is with a torch we burn them a little bit so to get that flavor. It's like a Asian uh, technique. Yeah. Està, està cru, el calamar està cru, però té aquest toc de calor i de, uh, i de sabor. Eh, simplement per sobre. So the, the squid, remember the squid is raw, but it has that, uh, f- that flavor yeah. and heat applied to it. Posem tot bol, uh, és un paper d'arròs. That's a rice uh, paper, yeah. we wrap them. I utilitzem la recepta que fa servir la, la, la nostra mare per fer els calamars la romana i deixem caure gotes d'aquesta pasta de fregir sobre l'oli. 
And then the dough, the same dough that our mother uses to, for the fried calamari, what we do is we drop them in very hot uh, oil, you know, to cook it, to have these little pieces. I coloquem aquesta pasta de fregir sobre el calamar. D'aquesta manera tenim una proporció exacta de cruixent i de calamar. A diferència del tradicional, hem pogut regular la quantitat de cruixent i de calamar. And then in that way what we have is equal parts of crunch and then the squid underneath. So what we did is our interpretation, reinterpretation of a traditional recipe. Bé, doncs. Això serien els calamars de la romana i llavors també servim aquestes boles de campari i aranja. So those are fried calamari and then we serve these balls with campari and grapefruit. I per fer-ho el que fem és fer un almíbar lleuger que hi afegim gelatina. To do that we use syrup, simple syrup, And then we add gelatin. Amb el campari i l'aranja. Campari plus grapefruit. I això ho posarem a congelar amb uns motllos esfèrics. And then we, you know, if we freeze them in some molds, like ground molds. Ho congelem amb aquests motllos perquè el que volem és que una vegada congelats els puguem banyar amb mantega de cacau i d'aquesta manera quedarà una crosta exterior que protegirà el líquid quan es descongeli. What we do here is that we freeze them so then we can bath them in cocoa butter so they'll develop a skin that will protect them when they are not frozen anymore. La idea és que quan te'l posis a la boca la mantega de cacau es fon de seguida i apareix fresc i líquid, aquest còctel. The idea is when you put them in your mouth, the cocoa butter skin disappears, melts in your mouth, and then the liquid, you know, melts as well in your mouth. And it's a very fresh sensation. Deixem que perdi fred, que quedi líquid, i després ho muntem amb un amb pell d'aranja caramelitzada a sobre. So what we do is we wait until they are not frozen anymore and then what we do is we serve them with caramelized grapefruit peel. I ho servim. And then we serve it. Acompanyant els calamars a la romana. You know, going together with the fried calamari. I una quarta seqüència dels aperitius és convidar els nostres clients a anar al bosc proper a buscar tòfones. So it's to invite our guests to come with us to the woods to find truffles. Fem amb uns motllos que hem fet nosaltres mateixos en forma de tòfona with some molds that we made ourselves with the shape of truffles. Els farcim amb crema de tòfones. We stuff them with truffle cream. I els congelem. And we freeze them. Quan estan congelats, els traiem del motllo i semblen petites tòfones. When they are... We're not frozen anymore, we take them out of the mold and they look like little truffles. Aquestes tòfones les passem per mantega de cacau i 
pols de trompetes, de bolets negres secs. And then what we do with them is we bath them again in cocoa butter and then in black chanterelle powder. La idea és que semblin exactament tòfones negres. La idea és que semblin exactament tòfones negres. Les col·loquem dins d'una pedra. We put them inside of a stone. I els servim. And we serve them. Per tant, amb l'aperitiu hem fet, hem donat una volta al món, hem anat al Mediterrani, hem arribat a Can Roca i hem anat al bosc a buscar tòfones. Ok, so the idea is that we've taken a tour around the world, we have arrived in the Mediterranean, we have arrived at Can Roca, and then we've taken our guests to the woods to find some truffles. Ok, aquesta és la primera part. That's the first part. So that's the first part. Tu? Bé, sí. Salvador, Salvador us explicarà el... Hem fet un document amb la Generalitat de Catalunya. Sempre que hem vingut aquí hem parlat de buit. Aquest any també parlem de tècnica de cuina al buit. Però el que us volem explicar és que hem aconseguit consensuar un manual amb el Departament de Salut de la Generalitat de Catalunya i la Fundació Alícia per fer justament un manual que sigui útil perquè tothom pugui utilitzar la tècnica d'una manera fàcil. So what we've done, you know, before coming here, we've worked with the Catalan government and the health department of the Catalan government plus the Alicia Foundation to put together a guide, a manual to discuss sous-vide techniques for everybody so that everybody can use. La tècnica de cuina al buit és una tècnica molt complexa i per tant només farem importància a dos punts bàsics d'aquesta tècnica. So the technique for sous-vide is a very complex one and we're going to just touch on two points of this technique. Actualment moltíssims cuiners utilitzen el buit per moltes coses, no només per cuinar i sobretot per conservar, però també com veureu per fer destil·lats i també per impregnar o per fer compactats that these days many people are using the sous vide technique not only to serve food but as well to conserve and to preserve food and for distillation as well purposes. Nosaltres ens hem especialitzat amb la tècnica de cocció de cuina al buit. So our specialty is sous vide technique for cooking. I ens hem adonat que aquesta és una tècnica complexa que s'ha de tenir una sèrie de coneixements per fer-ho bé. And we realize that it's a very complex technique that you need, you know, some knowledge to do it well. De fet, actualment nosaltres creiem que el buit és més una utilització com a control de temperatura i sobretot com a cocció a baixa temperatura. So we think at the moment that sous vide is a way to control temperature and a way to cook at a very low temperature. Això fa que els cuiners tinguin que saber molt què busquen, tinguin que tenir valors molt objectius. That means that cooks need to know exactly what they are seeking, that they have to have very realistic and objective goals. Com que aquests punts de cocció són tan ajustats i a vegades són tan baixos, 
podem dir que moltes vegades, igual que passa amb la cocció tradicional, estem a la línia de risc alimentari. That since this cooking temperatures are so low sometimes that we have to be very careful because like with traditional cooking you can risk the health of the person that eats your food. So we have to be very careful about that. Per tant, nosaltres el que hem fet ha set col·laborar amb Alicia i també amb el Govern de Catalunya per intentar fer aquesta guia, per donar la nostra opinió, ajudar a mirar-ho a fer, per treballar bé el que sigui la cuina al buit. So in that way we have worked, we've had that collaboration with the Catalan Government, the Health Department and then the Alicia Foundation to explain different techniques and how to work properly with Subit. D'aquest gran treball, que és molt gran, nosaltres només us presentem un petit resum. So from this work, which is very big, we're just going to simplify it and just give you like a little briefing. Que vol explicar les dues grans maneres de cuinar el buit. That wants to explain the two big ways of sous vide cooking. Això ho farem amb unes demostracions pràctiques, farem dos plats. We're going to demonstrate all of that, we're going to cook two different dishes. Però ens agradaria explicar que bàsicament la cuina al buit es divideix en dos tipus de cuinar, de cocció, que és cocció directa i cocció indirecta. But we want, you know, to make things very simple, we want to say that sous vide cooking is divided in two categories. First one is direct cooking, the second one is indirect cooking. Com veieu, això està separat a partir de la cocció al buit amb dos amb dos camins diferents. So you can see like subit cooking in the middle and then it has two branches, two different paths. La primera cocció, que és aquesta on nosaltres busquem temperatures de menys de 65 graus, sempre parlant a cor de producte. So the first one is the one that we seek temperatures below 65 degrees Celsius. And when we talk about that, we talk about the center of what you're cooking, not the outside. És una cocció bàsicament on te busca els resultats, sobretot gastronòmics. So mainly this technique is used for cooking purposes, for serving purposes. On les temperatures de cocció són molt baixes, estan entre 40 i 65 graus a cor de producte. And the cooking temperatures are very low, they are between 40 and 65 degrees Celsius at the center of the product, what you cook i que, per tant, és impossible que a partir d'aquest procés de cocció hi hagi una posterior conservació. And it's very difficult to preserve the food after only cooking it at this low temperature. It's just for serving purposes. És una cocció molt exacta i que bàsicament només es pot fer en grans restaurants on hi ha prou equip per fer una cocció al moment, ja que això dobla el treball de les coccions tradicionals that it's only possible to do it in a big restaurant with lots of staff to control the temperature because it doubles the work. I al ser un producte on no arribarà a temperatures de seguretat, el producte ha de ser de màxima qualitat. And then, obviously, because the cooking process is never going to reach a safety level, a safety temperature, the product that you're using has to be first class. Les temperatures de cocció estan entre 40 i 50 graus pels peixos. For fish, let's say we use temperatures between 40 and 50 degrees Celsius. Les carns entre 50 i 60. Meat between 50 and 60 degrees. I els temps de cocció no superen mai els 20 minuts. And the cooking time is never over 20 minutes. 
Per contra, l'altre sistema és un sistema on té nom i cognom i seria 65 graus a cor de producte com a mínim. I l'altre cosa, l'altra tècnica, l'altra branxa aquí, la cosa és que el mínim és 65 graus Celsius. Aquesta cocció és la que podem anomenar segura i que, per tant, permet una posterior conservació. So what it is is like a safe cooking method. We, call, we can call it safe and then it allows you to preserve the food afterwards. Uh, per tant, si cuinem a la temperatura adequada i refredem també amb el temps adequat, tal com diu uh, aquesta guia que ha fet uns resums, la podrem conservar durant un període de temps que també estarà marcat. So then if we follow the advice of this guide and uh, you know, we cook it at, at, at that temperature or above 50, 65 and then at the same time we let it cool down for the, for the amount of uh, time that's indicated in the guide, then we can come to a safe product. I això ho podem fer sempre que tinguem clar els processos previs i els posteriors de conservació. And then obviously we have to keep in mind what comes before and what comes after in terms of preserving the food. Per tant, ara nosaltres farem una presentació d'uns plats amb cocció directa que farà en Joan. Then Joan is going to demonstrate all of that with some, using the direct cooking technique. So what we're going to cook is a sole meunier. So it's it's a concept that comes from academic cooking. Que ens és útil per poder en aquest cas explicar aquesta manera de coure, directa al peix. That in this case it's a perfect example to show you this direct method of cooking fish. Per el llenguado s'està coent a 50 graus. So we're cooking the sole at 50 degrees Celsius. Hem agafat els dos lloms del llenguado i els hem enganxat per on estava unida l'espina. So we've taken the two fillets of the sole and we put them together at the place where the bone was before. És amb cru, no? Hem ajuntat les dues peces. You can see them, they're all together in two pieces. Ok, mentre acaba de coure, anem muntant el plat. While it cooks, let's put together the dish. La idea és reproduir, com dèiem, un llenguado la menier, però el que fem també és interpretar-lo. So the idea is to cook a menier-style sole, but with, obviously, with our interpretation. Agafem l'espina, agafem el tel de la llet, Deixem la llet de vaca a 60 graus. Quan està a 60 graus genera un tel o una pell. Aquesta pell és el que hem posat en el plat. So the first part is like the cream of the milk that it's cooked at 60 degrees Celsius. And when it develops that skin, that layer on top, that's what we put first in our dish. Hem fregit unes tàperes amb mantega torrada. We fried some capers in butter, in brown butter. Tenim un puré de tàperes. And we also have a caper puree. 
La pell fosca del llenguado l'hem tallat i l'hem deshidratat perquè quedi cruixent com una galeta. So what we have here is the skin of the fish that we have removed and we have dehydrated so it becomes very crunchy. La hem banyat amb aquesta amb aquest puré de tàperes. We brush it with the caper puree. I posem pell de llimona per sobre. Poses les flors, també? Va, ja està. Mentrestant, el llenguado ja està cuit. Now the sole is already cooked. El que hem aconseguit també amb aquesta cocció és que els dos lloms del llenguado quedin enganxats per la coagulació de la proteïna. So what we have achieved as well using this method of cooking is that the two fillets stick together and due to the melting of the protein. El llenguado està cuit, però volem que agafi una mica de provocar la reacció de mallar a la part exterior. So now it's the fish, we can call it, that we can say that it's cooked, but what we want to do is to have like a Maillard reaction on the outside. Just perquè agafi una miqueta de sabor, no? So just to bring a little bit of flavor. Coloquem la pell de llenguado a sobre. Perdó. Hem fet una salsa amb les espines. So it's a sauce made with the bones of the sole. La salsa la fem infusionant, és a dir, mirant que les espines quedin torrades i després posem aigua i deixem que es faci una infusió a temperatura baixa. What we do is we roast the bones and then we add some water and we let it infuse and we cook it at a very, very, very low temperature. Okay, i aquest llenguado ja estaria. And that's then resolved for the sole. Mantega torrada. Brown butter, melted. Ja està. Done. Okay, això seria una cocció directa del llenguado. L'avantatge del sistema és que ens permet que sempre el llenguado surti cuit de la mateixa manera, no es passa mai de cocció. That would be like a demonstration of the direct method of cooking and the advantage obviously is that the soul comes to the table always perfectly cooked and never too much, never too little. Seguim amb la cocció indirecta. Next, we'll talk about the indirect type of cooking. Penseu que estem parlant de dos mons diferents. Ara passarem a una cocció totalment diferent. I want you to realize that we're going to talk about two different worlds, you know, now it's a completely different type of cooking. I si amb el llenguado estàvem parlant d'una cocció de 55 graus durant 10 minuts... And if with so we're talking about 55 degrees for 10 minutes... Ara parlarem d'un xai, d'una de les parts del xai que les hem cuit durant 24 hores 
a 65 graus. And then we're going to talk now about uh, two different parts of uh, lamb that have been cooked at uh, 65 degrees Celsius for 24 hours. En tot cas, aquesta cocció és diferent per cada producte. Un llenguado durant 24 hores a 65 graus seria incomestible. So, obviously, it's very different because a sol at uh, 65 degrees for 24 hours would be unneedable. I, I al mateix temps, el xai cuit durant 10 minuts a 55 també seria incomestible. So, at the same way, uh, by the same token, we can say that a lamb cooked for just 10 minutes at 55 would be unneedable. Amb aquests valors i, i amb aquest treball que s'ha fet juntament amb Alicia, uh, so with all these, with these values and this work that we've done together with the Alicia Foundation, s'ha arribat a les conclusions que unes coccions a diferents, amb una relació, amb una relació temps-temperatura diferents com les que aquí veieu. So we've come to the conclusion that uh, cooking with uh, different times and temperatures, as you can see here, uh, en aquest cas, per exemple, 65 graus durant 15 minuts o 68 durant 3 o, o anar fent aquesta escala. So doing that scale, like 65 for 10 minutes or 66 for 3 and so on. Ens pot donar uns valors de seguretat on al mateix temps això ens digui que si hem jugat amb aquests temps temperatura a uh, temps. So it gives us like a safety level if we have been playing with time and temperature també sabrem els dies que podem conservar aquests productes correctament a les nostres neveres. At the same time, it'll give us an indication for how many days we can preserve the food that we've cooked at these temperatures times. És veritat que aquests valors són diferents a diferents parts del món. It is true that these values change depending on where you are around the world. Per exemple, crec que d'aquí uns dies vindrà Nathan a explicar uh, suposo coses del seu llibre i ell aplica uns altres valors. That uh, I'm sure that you know in a few days we'll have Nathan here uh, talking about you know some work in her in, in his book and uh, I'm sure that he applies different values than we do. On s'accepten temperatures de seguretat que estan al voltant dels 56 graus durant més temps. Where he accepts temperatures that are around 56 uh, degrees Celsius for more time però amb la nostra legislació i també amb la nostra manera d'entendre la cuina, aquests valors són bastant raonables. But uh, due to our legislation or our laws and uh, as well the in our way to understand food and cuisine, these values are very much reasonable. Bueno, i per això farem aquest plat on te combinarem això sí, les les dues coccions, la directa i l'indirecta perquè veieu que un mateix producte pot utilitzar diferents o un mateix animal pot tenir diferents uh, maneres de cocció. And uh, what we're going to do is this dish, and we're going to combine two different uh, parts of the, of the lamb, and uh, at the same time, uh, you know, to see that two different parts have different cooking times and methods. Per una part, hem cuit la part que podem considerar més tendra del xai, que seria el llom, la part més bona, a uh, 50 graus durant 20 minuts. And uh, on one part, uh, you know, we have uh, the part that we can consider the, the, the tenderest part of the lamb, which is the loin, and we cook it uh, for uh, at 55 degrees for how long? Per quant temps? 20 minuts. Be, uh, for 20 minutes. I uh, la part de la pell que l'hem cuit durant 24 hores a 65 graus. O sigui, cocció and directa i cocció indirecta. And the flank uh, that we've cooked at 65 degrees for 24 uh, hours. So, um, direct and indirect uh, methods yeah. together. Aquesta és la cocció directa. 
So that's the direct uh, es el, es el llom, es la part més tendra. So it's the it's the loin which is the tenderest part. Es la part que no té teixit conjuntiu. That it doesn't have any conjunctive tissue. Yeah. I per tant tenim una molta tendresa en poc temps, no? And we have lots of tenderness in very little time. Hem aprofitat que el buit també fa de eh, aprofita que hi han elements i poden haver elements de condimentació dins de la bossa. That uh, another thing that you have to play with is that uh, the possibility that sous vide uh, cooking gives us to play with different spices and uh, flavoring elements that you could put inside of the bag. En aquest cas hem clavat una una branca de regalèssia en el llom and perquè durant la cocció s'impregni del seu sabor. In this case what we use is a licorice uh, branch and the fresh licorice branch uh, so during the cooking it uh, infuses the lamb. Yeah. I aquesta és la peça que hem cuit a baixa temperatura molt temps, que també volem que quedi molt tendra, però com que té teixit, eh, l'hem hagut de coure molt més estona. And then uh, the other part, it's the other one that we cook for a long time and uh, since it has some conjunctive tissue, we've cooked it for a long, you know, longer period. El que hem fet ara és daurar-la, la pell ha quedat daurada molt ràpid, com heu vist. So what we've done is like to uh, brown the skin very quickly and gets brown very quickly as well. Agafen el color molt ràpid un cop han estat cuites al buit aquestes peces. So once you cook them sous vide, uh, then they brown very easily. Okay. Aquest seria el xai. Xai amb el regalèssia i el vergínies. A la part de baix del plat hi hem posat unes vergínies calivada, eh, que l'hem escalivat també amb branques de regalèssia. So uh, here's the dish, so it's uh, lamb with uh, licorice, flavor with licorice, and in the bottom we've done, uh, we've uh, roasted some eggplants and uh, we flavor them as well with licorice. Okay. Sí. Passem... Bueno, i ara posem un exemple més. One more example. De garri, en aquest cas és un garri, un, un, un garri ibèric. Que fem és fer un caldo blanc, un brou blanc, like una, una caldereta, un, una blanqueta, perdó. Blanchet. Uh, amb això el que, el que fem és, és emulsionar aquest brou del garri i afegim la grassa de la papada del garri. What we do here is we emulsify the broth, the resulting broth, with the neck fat from the lamb. I una mica de xantana per tal d'aconseguir una emulsió estable. És un, és un brou gras però molt sabrós. And a little xantana power uh, to stabilize the emulsion, you know. It's a very fat broth, but it's very, very molt, flavorful. Molt gustós, no? Yeah, with lots of flavor. Bueno, l'important és que la, la cocció en aquest cas la fem 
amb aquests forns, TecTerm són uns forns que estan preparats per treballar a baixa temperatura amb molta precisió, amb coccions molt llargues. And then we, obviously the other part is that we use these conventional ovens which are meant to use at very low temperature for a long time. Després de fer la cocció aquesta llarga amb vapor, el que fem és refredar per poder pasteuritzar. Once we've done that steaming cooking for such a long time, we let it cool. I després regenerem en el bany maria a la temperatura, a la mateixa temperatura de cocció, que són 63 graus. And then what we do is we use as well the immersion rotator, you know, to use it as a bain marie to bring it back to 63 degrees. Els elements que composen el plat tenen a veure amb un vi de Riesling. Són notes que estan, són notes aromàtiques d'un vi de Riesling. And the little elements that form, you know, compose the dish are aromatic elements from Riesling, from tasting Riesling. Remolatge. So that is beets. Pressec. Pitxes. All negre. Black garlic. Meló impregnat de suc de remolatge. El melon soaked in beet juice. Compota de ceba. Onion compote. I els daus de garrí que els hem tractat igual que heu vist amb el xai. Els hem marcat a la panxa perquè quedi la pell cruixent i molt melosa la carn. So what we've done is we sear them for a second to brown it so that we have very brown and crispy skin and very tender flesh. I a taula amb el client servim aquesta caldereta que heu vist abans, aquest suc blanc del garrí. And once we serve it at the table, what we do is we pour that broth that we've done before, that white broth. Okay. I us deixem amb en Jordi. Okay, Jordi. No, I'm sorry. Estem o no? Sí, sí. It's okay. Tu, Jordi. Jordi. Jordi is next. Hola. Hello. Good afternoon. Sí, sí, sí. Can everyone can hear him well? Yo, yo, yo solo veo la técnica que estamos trabajando, los trabajos de estos productos de manera. So, I'm going to talk to you today about the techniques that we use at home, which is the rotavile. Yo, le digo más tiempo a mí. Techniques. And then we're going to talk about some desserts, the concept behind some desserts that we've made. Seguramente nos preguntarán qué es un rotavapor en una cocina, ¿no? I'm sure that you're going to ask what's rotavile doing in a in a kitchen. I és que volíem captar l'aroma que perdíem quan bullia un brou en una olla, no? Ens obsessionava poder captar aquest vapor i no perdre res. So the idea, it started, you know, from when you were cooking some broth and the way that it was smelling around the house, we wanted to capture that flavor and without losing any bit of it. I d'aquesta manera innocent va començar el treball amb el rotaval, vam començar a estirar de tot. And so, with that very naive concept behind what we did, we started working with rotavals, and we stretched it very much. De manera empírica, destilàvem des d'una gamba, un pollastre, 
terra una maduixa qualsevol cosa. And in a very empirical way we started using from shrimp, from uh, chicken, from uh, soil, earth, you know, many strawberries, everything and anything. I ens donen compte que el que tenia més sabor, el que conservava més sabor és sobretot els aromes volàtils. And uh, what we realized is that what was very much the, the, the best things that were preserved were things that have volatile flavors. Com per exemple les espècies, no? Like for instance spices. Tot allò que té a veure quan obres un pot d'espècies i el i el i l'aroma va al nas. For everything that when you open like a like a can with like a like a little pot with spices and then the smell goes deep inside your nose. I a part que parlaré, pues, uh, bueno, parteix la idea de uh, fer servir un color com a com a fil conductor per crear un plat. And the 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 first dish that we're going to talk here is one that gets inspiration with a color, one color that is going to be the conductive thread for the whole thing. Vull fer un postre blanc. I wanted to do a white uh, dessert. I pensant en el, en, en, en el que a mi m'inspirava com a color blanc, com el que significa per mi el color blanc, eh, pensàvem que significa puresa, no? And then I was thinking what's the meaning for me of white, the color white, and then I thought that uh, the first thing that came to mind was purity. I vaig pensar que és més pur que un destil·lat. So then I was thinking what's purer than uh, a distillation process. Amb lo qual en aquest post hi ha elements que no tenen a veure amb el color blanc, però que quan es destilen deriven a color blanc that uh, in this dessert what we end up having is things that do not start having a white color but then at the end after distillation they become white. I el gust és completament diferent a, bueno, és té un gust molt més aromàtic que, diguem-ne, sensitiu, però és molt interessant tot i així. That the end result is like a it's like something that you smell more than you feel, but it's very interesting nonetheless. Aquí estem començant a fer un destilat de cacau. So what we're doing here is like a, a distillation of cocoa beans. Les sals de cacau, aigua i cocoa beans, tonics. And uh, then puree with a handheld. Ho posem al matràs. And then into a bottle. I començarem a destilar um, el, amb el rotaval el buit màxim, és a dir, el, el que més s'acosti a atmosferes i sempre irem a buscar la temperatura d'ebullició. And then what we do is we put it in the rotaval and uh, we were trying to see uh, the boiling point temperature. Que començarà a uns 132 graus i irà pujant fins a 50 graus. So it starts at 132 degrees and then we bring it to 150? 50, 50. Uh, and then we bring it down to 50. I tenim el destilat de cacau. Amb aquest destilat farem un sorbet, una base sorbet. And then with uh, we have uh, the cocoa distillation at the end and we're going to do a sorbet uh, base. Mm -hmm. Que ara després el provareu, farem una mica aquí perquè el pugueu provar. And then all of you will try it here, we're going to make we make it here. I el 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 formem el amb nitrogen per mirar de que ens quedi lo més homogeni possible i sense cristalls de gel. And then what we do is we freeze it with the nitrogen so it's very homogeneous and without crystals. En aquí tenim una gelatina també feta amb, a partir d'un destilat, en aquest cas és de safrà. And here we have another gelatin uh, that comes from another distillation process, in this case it's saffron. I en aquí tenim una aigua destilada, només aigua de pell de llimona. And uh, here uh, it's like a, just another water, just water, the style from uh, lemon rind. 
Es uno de los platos más raros que hacemos en casa. Es uno de los más extraños que produce en casa. Aquí comenzamos a empatar el pozo con el safrán. We start playing the dish with the saffron. Una gelatina de café. El, el coffee gelatin. Una, una, digamos, es una gelatina emulsionada de fruta de la pasión. And it's passion fruit uh, emulsified gel, gelatin. Un, una salsa de fava uh, tonka. And el tonka bean uh, sauce. El granizado de pell de limón. And uh, de, you know, granita from the lemon rind. Y el sorbet de cacao. And the coco sorbet. Es un postre raro de nasos, pero lo que es interesante es que al final identificas los sabores sin acabar de descubrirlos, es decir, se insinúan los sabores. And then the, the interesting thing about this dish, or the strange thing about this dish, is that you end up identifying, trying to identify some of uh, the flavors, but without really knowing exactly what they are. Es muy raro manjarse un sorbet de cacao sin que sigui negra y identificarlo. The thing that we play with is that it's very difficult for anyone to eat a coco sorbet without thinking about, see, or seeing it black, and then saying, oh, that's what it is. Sí, el aquí. We're going to make it here. Let's see what happens. So we have this sorbet here. And with liquid nitrogen. We bind it together. Us vull fer una pregunta mentre estem aquí asseguts. El nitrogen que estàs utilitzant aquí és fet per cuinar o és qualsevol nitrogen? És normal, és completament inocu i no té cap mena d'interès en el menjar. Se l'aporta rapidíssimament i no interveu. No, és just one type. No ha de ser per menjar. No ha de ser adversos. Sí, ya. Sí. No, 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 Que hi ha el bol que heu posat aquí? Hi ha el bol, hi ha el destil·lat de cacau amb base sorbet. És a dir, hi ha dos parts de destil·lat de cacau amb una part d'una barreja de sucres que conformen el sorbet. So we have the distilled cocoa beans, the water from that, plus sugar and water, which make the syrup, you know, for the sorbet. 
Нет? Да. Sí, ¿no? Es que se va a hacer, ¿no? Así, ¿no? Sí. Sí. Pero, ¿cómo, cómo puedo hacer para pasar a los... A los... Pero, vale. Muy bien. Mientras uh, van empatando el sorbet, iremos a un buen vídeo. Bueno, hemos jugado el sorbet, vamos a hablar de otro vídeo. Os voy a explicar una receta muy antigua del restaurante, que es una receta que van a comenzar a hacer para wines. We want to I want to talk to you about one of the oldest recipes that we have at the restaurant. It's one that we started using 10 years ago. Uh, aquí están temperando chocolate. We're tempering chocolate here. Uh, fan una tercera parte de chocolate y refran la marmelada de fred. So we what we do is we melt the chocolate and then what we use is like a cold marble. Marble. Fins a 28 graus to a temperature of 28 degrees Celsius. Que es cuando comienza a cristalizar el chocolate, la parte de la mantega de cacao. So it's when the chocolate starts crystallizing, like the part of the cocoa butter starts crystallizing. Por ejemplo, con la otra parte restante, que estaba más calenta. So we mix it with the other part that was in the bowl, that was at a higher temperature. Y ahora estará a unos 34, 35 grados. And now the end product is going to be at 34, 35 degrees Celsius. Optim para trabajar. Which is the optimal temperature to work with chocolate? Amunts papers, diamna da cuina. Estirem aquest aquest la chocolate i la aplanem. So with this kind of with parchment paper, what we do is we flatten and we stretch the chocolate. I fem un un cigarro. So what we make is like a cigar. Els deixem reposar fins que cristal·litzen. So we let it rest until the crystallize, the chocolate crystallizes. I agafem un puro. So what we do is we get a real cigar. Per treure una part del gust del cigarro i el ficarem en un aparell molt sofisticat. And what we do is we cut the one end of the cigar and we put it in a very sofisticated tool that we have. És una bomba d'aigua. Like a water pump. Per poder fumar-te el cigarro. So, to smoke the cigar. Ara el que farem serà muntar una nata, una part de crema amb sucre i gelatina. So, what we're going to do is we're going to bind some whipping cream with cream, a little sugar and gelatin. I el que passarà és que es muntarà aquesta nata incorporarà petites bombolles d'aire. So what we do, you know, the little air bubbles that it uses. I substituirem aquestes bombolles d'aire per bombolles de cigarro. So instead of using the usual air bubbles, what it uses is the flavor bubbles with cigar smoke. Buscarem la sensació de fer una calada cada cop que fem una cullada que posta. So the idea is every time that you have like a bite of this dessert is like having a puff in your mouth. És un posta molt estimat per alguns i molt odiat per uns altres. So as you can see it's a dessert that's very best loved by many people but most hated by others.
l'omplim, l'aplanem i un costat dels dos el tapem amb més xocolata. So what we do is we uh, fill and stuff the cigar and then on one end we, we close it with more chocolate. En diguem el viatge a l'Havana. So we call it this like a trip to Havana. Hi ha una altra versió que és el tip to Jamaica. There's another type which is like the Jamaican cigar. I ara el tapem amb una mica de sucre negre, amb pols. So black sugar, powder black sugar. I voilà. That is. Aquest és un poste que parteix de la idea d'un producte molt català, que és la llet d'ovella, ripollesa. So this one, the root for this dessert here, it's a very Catalan product, which in this case is sheep's milk from Ripoll, which is one of the counties in Catalonia. Hem fet un caramel de llet d'ovella. So what we've done is caramel using sheep's milk. Ara fem un gotó de sucre. So what we make now is sugar candy. Ho reservem. We preserve it. I en un plat comencem a muntar elements com aquest, és un dolç de llet d'ovella. So what we use here is different elements, like this one is dulce de leche made with sheep's milk. Guayaba confitura. Confiture made with guayaba. Iogurt d'ovella. Sheep's yogurt. Una mica d'escuma de recuit d'ovella. A little bit of foam made with cheese, sheep's cheese, fresh cheese. Una bola de gelat de llet d'ovella. And a bowl of ice cream made with sheep's milk. I una placa de guayaba congelada. And guayaba which has been frozen. La llana de l'ovella. That's the wool from the sheep. I el sucre. And sugar. I si podem posar l'àudio bé. Can we have the audio as well on? Perquè aquest plat és molt especial perquè al menjar-lo passa una cosa màgica, no? That this dish is very special because when you eat you have a very special magical moment. Que venen les ovelles al camp al plat. So the sheep from the fields come to your plate. Molt bé. Has acabat? Sí. 
The tit or one more? Okay. One more or the tit? Okay, un mes, un mes, don't you? Un mes, un mes. Aquest post és una reflexió sobre el sabor, un sabor molt bàsic i molt ficat a dins, que és el de la vainilla. This dish is a reflection on a very known flavor that we all have inside ourselves, which is vanilla. Hi ha molts de sabors que són complexos, però la vainilla té sabor a vainilla. Però vaig fer l'exercici de mirar la vainilla com si fos una cosa nova. That obviously there are many things that have complex flavors, but vanilla is vanilla. So, but what I try to do is like to recreate vanilla with very new and open eyes. I i vaig estar amb compte que la vanilla tenia sabors complexos, que que em recordava regalèsia. And and then I realized that vanilla had very flavor, very complex flavors. Like for instance, licorice is one that comes to mind. Regalèsia, caramel, cacau, caramel, cocoa, oliva negra, black olives. I amb aquests elements vaig fer un post que és aquest que veieu, no? I amb aquests elements he construït un dish, que és el que veus aquí. En el que hi ha una crema de regalèsia, una gelatina de caramel... I hi ha una crema de licorice, gelatina de caramel... Un cruixent de cacau, olives negres caramelitzades... Crispy made with black olives, caramelized black olives and cocoa. And on the other side of the plate, we have a pal pasic that will hold a canefa of gelat de vanilla very, very potent. And the other one, on the other side, you have some sponge cake which is going to hold vanilla ice cream, which is extremely powerful. And here I plant a little exercise to identify the matices and aromatics that I have in the vanilla, starting from a gelat and from a porcelain. So and then here uh, the idea is to identify the different flavors that I have that I taste myself when I taste vanilla on one side of the dish and the vanilla on the other. Yes, sir. And that's it. Okay, uh, while we're having a few more people get the sorbet, some questions. No, Ming. Preguntas? Joan, no, fer algunes preguntes. Por aquí. Ming. Preguntas y respuestas. Por aquí, por sentirlo. No. Pass, the, pass the mic over that way. Oh, you're putting your hand up. You want the food. <laughs> we want the sorbet. Go ahead. I, I want the sorbet. <laughs> you want the sorbet also. Does anybody want to ask questions? I do. Or does everyone want sorbet? I was wondering, how do you know what temperature uh, a particular flavor ev evaporates at or boils at? Sabor de la destil·lació? O de a què es refereix? Destil·lació? Doing the destil·lació process? When you want to distill the cocoa flavor, for example, how do you know what temperature you have to 
um, raise it to to get that particular flavor. O un un qualsevol procés, no? De quina temperatura has de posar un producte per tenir aquest aquest sabor? Els 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 volàtils depèn de quins productes se'n van molt ràpid, no? Llavors tot això ho anem buscant amb una experimentació bastant empírica. I do have a question. That the volatile flavors, you know, they evaporate quite quickly. So what we do is like just by by doing it. It's an empirical process for us. No, no, ya un, no, no, no son siempre iguales los, los comportamientos de los volátiles. That the behavior of volatile, volatile flavors is not always the same. So it's trial and error. Hi, um, I'm wondering how much time you spend in experimenting with new uh, dishes and also new techniques versus just doing the work of cooking. And I'm also curious about what's your, what are you experimenting with now? I la segona part de la pregunta és què estàs pensant o què estàs desenvolupant aquests dies ara. Hi ha plats que tenim un equip d'investigació que va desenvolupant idees. So we have, you know, there are issues, for instance, we have behind that like a research team that what they do is they develop ideas. Hi ha plats que poden trigar una setmana, altres un mes i n'hi ha alguns que fins i tot un any ha estat tancat. That there are dishes that, you know, before we serve them and we're completely happy with them, takes a week, some of them even a year long, before we're completely happy and we call them done. I l'altra pregunta era... I què estàs fent ara aquí? Ah, estem treballant, ara és temporada de figues a Girona, i estem treballant amb un procés de coagulació de la llet amb la infusió de les fulles de la figuera. Hem vist que la fulla de la figuera coagula la llet i estem fent un formatge coallat amb figues, amb fulles de figuera, per fer un plat amb figues. So now in Girona, where we come from, in Catalonia, it's fig season. So what we are doing is we see that, you know, we are playing with figs, and especially the leaves of the fig tree and milk, because what we realize is that the leaves of the fig tree they coagulate uh, the milk. So we're playing with that to uh, develop a cheese made with that flavor. Um, yeah. What are the advantages of cooking with the vacuum? Sorry? Quins són els avantatges de cuinar el buit? Ho he de traduir al... Bones tardes, sí, sí. Sí, tradueixo l'anglès. Que quina? Tradueixo, no? Que sàpiguen la pregunta. Can you repeat your question? What are the advantages of to cook with a vacuum system? Les avantatges de cuinar amb el sentit de... Són vàries, no? Les més importants és la possibilitat de pasteuritzar. There are several advantages. The first one is like the possibility of pasteurizing. La possibilitat de tenir una temperatura molt precisa de cocció sempre. The second one, obviously, is to have always a very precise cooking temperature. Evitar l'oxidació, perquè no està en contacte amb l'aire del forn. The other one is to avoid oxidation, so it's not... L'estant basat evita l'oxidació. So, since it's cooked sous vide, it avoids oxidation and, you know, contact with air. 
Durant la cocció evita la pèrdua de pes perquè es redueix l'evaporació. So then obviously when during cooking what happens is that the weight remains the same, so we don't lose any weight because there is no evaporation. I que l'avantatge de poder cuinar llargues temperatures i per tant pasteuritzar permet estocar amb molta facilitat a la càmera per tenir les precoccions preparades. So the other thing, obviously, when we cook for a long time at a very precise temperature, what it gives us that, you know, to save the food for another time, to have it in storage so we can use it another time. Gràcies. Vaig al teu restaurant amb una parella, quant em costaria? És molt barato. Digue-li que menjar val diners, però que no és car. No sé si això es pot fer. What I can say is that it's quite affordable. The only thing that I can tell you is that eating doesn't have a price, but it's quite affordable. Okay, so let's thank them one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.